Chapter 23, Critical Thinking and Decision-Making, Section 23A, Overview, Introduction. Effective airmanship requires good decision-making. From airmen basic to general, the decisions each of us make every day impact the delivery of air power. The following chapter is designed to spur development of critical thinking habits in our airmen and deepen their awareness of the decision-making processes. The habits of mind necessary to become a critical thinker are developed over time. There is no magical process or checklist to follow. Each of us must work every day to make good decisions by consciously applying the intellectual analysis necessary to account for complexities not normally considered and often overlooked. The process of decision-making is as important as the information analyzed. The trap many of us fall into is focusing on the decision, not how the decision should be made. Decisions are made by individuals acting alone, in groups, or on behalf of organizations. Each of these levels of decision-making present a variety of challenges. The following discussion is intended to highlight these challenges and make you aware of the conscious and unconscious challenges to applying good habits of mind, critical thought, as airmen every day. Section 23b, Critical Thinking and Human Nature, Cognitive Bias. In thinking about problems, we are seldom the perfectly rational actor we hope to be. Instead, we are influenced by a number of factors that shape how we interpret information, weigh its relevance, and ultimately decide upon a course of action or inaction as the situation dictates. Psychologists use a term, bounded rationality, to describe the actual operating state of the human mind. What this means is that we are unable to be comprehensive in our gathering and analysis of information as decision-making models assume. Instead of being truly rational and making the best possible decision, we end up satisficing. Cognitive bias in our decision processes result in several traps decision-makers need to guard against. Some of the more common are overconfidence bias, Humans are overconfident in their own judgments, often unreasonably so. Sunk cost effect. The tendency to escalate commitment to a course of action you have already made a substantial investment or resources in. Time, money, personnel, etc. Despite poor performance. Availability bias. Tendency to place too much emphasis on information we have available instead of the information we need during decision making. Confirmation bias. The most prevalent bias, this propensity, refers to our tendency to gather and use information that confirms our existing views while downplaying or avoiding information that challenges our working hypothesis. Anchoring bias. The unconscious tendency to allow an initial reference point to distort our estimates, even when that initial reference point is completely arbitrary. Starting at an extreme position may act as anchor for all parties in a decision process or negotiation. In a negotiation, this bias can work in favor of the side that strikes out the initial reference point. Both sides tend to use the initial position as a reference point for the solution. For example, car salesman techniques. Illusory bias. Tendency to jump to conclusions about the relationship between two variables when in fact no relationship correlation exists. 
hindsight bias, the tendency to judge past events as easily predictable when in fact they were not easily foreseen. This bias limits our ability to learn from past mistakes and may affect how leaders evaluate subordinate decision-making. Egocentrism, when we attribute more credit to ourselves for group or correlative outcome than an outside party making an unbiased assessment would. As decision-makers, airmen need to be aware of cognitive biases and consciously take steps to guard against their effects. The habitual application of critical thinking methods to the gathering and analysis of information helps reduce our unconscious and natural tendency to satisfy in decision-making. Some techniques to counter cognitive biases include 23.2.3.1, after-action reviews provide powerful learning moments for participants and serve as a forum for feedback to the decision-maker about his-her decision style, helping to prevent repetition of mistakes. Seeking unbiased outside expert input can help provide a check and balance on reasoning and the interpretation of available information. Creating a decision environment encouraging candid dialogue and vigorous debate is perhaps the most effective way to minimize the influence of cognitive bias. Mental Frames Each of us uses mental frameworks and shortcuts to simplify our understanding of a complex world. The use of these frameworks helps us process information quickly and efficiently. Understanding that these frameworks contribute to the bias presented earlier, the following discussion is intended to make you aware of how the frameworks you have built based on your own unique personal experiences. These experiences shape your own decision-making process and the solutions you derive. Frames consist of our assumptions about how things are related and how they work. How we frame a problem influences the decisions we make. This effect is particularly noticeable when framing a challenge as either a risk or an opportunity. Research shows that the human mind estimates the expected return when confronted with a risky situation and that we tend to be risk-adverse. Our risk aversion and the importance of framing are explained in prospect theory. Prospect theory. According to the prospect theory, framing a situation as a potential gain causes decision makers to act differently than framing some situation as a potential loss. Faced with potential losses, most people are willing to take greater risks than when faced with potential gains. The prospect theory helps explain our tendency to escalate commitment based on sunk costs instead of making rational evaluations based on how things exist today. Based on sunk costs arguments, leaders often take on more and more risk, committing additional resources in order to avoid losses even when the chances of success are low. Risk or Opportunity Another implication of framing is how organizations react when faced with changes in the operating environment or mission tasking. At the organizational level, threats to our comfortable framework of assumptions are often met with rigid resistance while changes we see as opportunities are met with flexible and adaptive approaches. Often inaccurate expectations are established as a result of mental frames applied by decision-makers. 
As human beings, airmen are subject to the initial frameworks we establish when confronting change. For good or bad, these frameworks act to limit the information we take in, our willingness to fairly and unbiasedly assess information, and ultimately restrict the solution sets we create. Intuition when decision-makers use intuition to choose courses of action, they are not evaluating a whole series of alternatives and are not selecting solutions based on objective analysis. Intuition is based on previous experience and matching patterns from these experiences to cues picked up in the current environment. As patterns are recognized, humans automatically reason by analogy, projecting past situations into our current environment. Based on recognition of patterns, decision-makers often select a course of action as if reading a script instead of exploring a wide range of options. Having decided on an initial preferred course of action, senior leaders often mentally play out the solution and, if it seems feasible, they go with it. For decision-makers, intuition is both a powerful guide and a potential decision trap. When operating in challenging or ambiguous situations, highly experienced professionals often have intuitive reactions to events. Although unable to articulate their unconscious pattern recognition, experts are often correct in their analysis and selection of a course of action despite what a novice may perceive as a lack of information or signals pointing to a contrary course of action. In highly complex and ambiguous situations, however, the complexity obscures pattern recognition and experienced airmen can mistakenly apply incorrect or outdated models, resulting in poor decision-making. This is especially true when decision-makers are operating outside of their experience base, for instance, when leading higher-level organizations or moving from one career field to another. Key points to remember. Airmen, especially leaders within any organization, must be careful about imposing mental frames on themselves and their team in order to create an environment where critical thinking is exercised. When leaders hold back personal opinions, they avoid framing the situation in preconceived ways. That constricts the range of advice and alternatives offered. By consciously avoiding the natural tendency to view change as threatening, intentionally framing change as an opportunity, airmen are free to exercise the habits of mind necessary to make well-informed decisions. A challenge for airmen in a position of responsibility is to avoid the human tendency to continue a course of action due to sunk costs. Proper use of combined intuitive judgment and formal analysis is one means for avoiding this decision trap. The use of analysis to check intuition is an effective decision-making technique. Formal analysis can check intuition and assures you challenge your intuitive judgment, not confirm it. Conversely, intuition is useful in validating and testing the assumptions that underlie analysis. As airmen, recognizing the value of intuition is just as critical as guarding against a lack of analysis in the decision-making process. Do not try to replace intuition with rules and procedures. Intuition is often compressed experience indicating as of yet unrecognized patterns in the environment. 
Airmen must routinely and consciously create decision processes with information flowing freely in both directions. A simple five-step process for communicating intuitive decisions, seeking feedback, and conveying intent is to use the following statements when addressing decision teams. Here's what I think we face. Here's what I think we should do. Here's why. Here's what we should keep our eye on. Now, talk to me. Analogies. Analogies are very powerful decision-making tools, and often the greatest innovative breakthroughs occur when analogies from one field or domain are applied to others. Reasoning by analogy occurs when we assess a situation and match it to similar experiences we have encountered assuming that they are alike. At the conscious level, airmen can deliberately use analogies to frame a decision-making process. They save time and provide clues about possible courses of action and implications. At the unconscious level, analogies play a large role in intuition as discussed in the previous section. The critical thinking trap inherent in the use of analogies is they can lead us to focus on similarities between events and downplay important differences. Very powerful experiences from our past leave us overly reliant on very salient analogies, even when they no longer fit current situations, thus blinding airmen to the requirement to explore and question underlying assumptions. In order to avoid the temptation to focus on similarities and downplay differences, decision-makers and their teams should consciously make two lists, one describing similarities and the other describing differences. A second technique is to write down and clearly define what you know, what is unknown, and what you presume about the situation you are analyzing. The objective of both these techniques is to clearly separate fact from assumption and then probe your presumptions carefully. The act of questioning our assumptions in any decision process is, at its heart, how we apply the habits of mind necessary for good critical thought. Section 23C. Critical Thinking in Groups. Wisdom of Groups. Conventional wisdom holds that groups make better decisions than individuals because they draw from a diverse base of talent and experience. Unfortunately, many groups fail to make good decisions because they fail to merge the diverse ideas and recognize potential synergies. The result is a failure to capitalize on the team's diverse talents. When this happens, teams can actually make worse decisions than a talented individual. Airmen must be conscious of how group decisions are made and create teams capable of applying critical thought to problems in a group setting. Airmen engaged in group decision-making must consciously structure the process to encourage critical thinking. Leaders must begin by deciding who should be involved in the decision process. In what sort of environment does the decision take place? How will the participants communicate? How will the leader control the decision process? Unfortunately, due to bias, a lack of time, framing, personal shortages, outside pressure, or any number of other reasons, leaders often fail to decide how to decide. Instead, they rely on existing decision processes and groups, even though they may be unreliable given the context of the issue. 
Some argue that groups are more intelligent than individual experts because the aggregation of their judgment leads to a better answer, even though they are not a group of experts. In some cases, this is true, but it is not a given. Several critical preconditions are necessary. To be effective, groups of non-experts must be diverse, represent many different disciplines, perspectives, and areas of expertise, be decentralized, be able to effectively aggregate all the individual judgments, contain members who are independent, most important. Within groups, information processing problems can prevent the pooling of collective knowledge. Group members tend to discuss areas of common information while failing to surface privately held information for personal reasons or a failure to recognize its importance. Airmen, because of our shared heritage and commitment to teamwork, must constantly guard against the trap of ignoring information in an effort to find common ground. Even when data is widely discussed and analyzed, the filtering of data as it moves up the decision chain can prevent decision makers from having access to the nuances of these discussions during the decision process. If, as an airman, you are in positions to make decisions based on the recommendations of groups, you should be aware of how the group was set up and operated and make an effort to understand the decision-making process they used. Wisdom of Group's Conclusion Things to be aware of when forming a decision-making team. Individuals must be able to sway others in the crowd, a condition that is often lacking in the organizational decision-making environment. Interdependence and hierarchy of group members can neutralize the benefits group decisions. Pressure to conform and fractionalization of groups into subgroups can prevent honest analysis. The tendency of some individuals to dominate the discussions can inhibit less aggressive members from presenting their ideas, especially if these ideas are call into question the prevailing wisdom of the dominant personalities. Conversely, members that do not feel personally accountable for the group's outcomes may free ride by not presenting their ideas, content to allow others to carry the load. Groupthink Thinking or conforming. Groupthink is a well-known decision trap most of us are familiar with and a major reason groups make flawed decisions. Groupthink occurs when tremendous pressures within the team for conformity and a desire for unanimity drive decision-making at the expense of true critical thinking. Without candid dialogue between team members and real assessment of options, groups tend to spend most of their time tweaking proposed solutions rather than examining evidence and assumptions to create new options. Many factors contribute to groupthink, including the homogeneity of the group, reporting and supervisory chains, and permanent versus long-term nature of the groups involved. Within groups, especially long-standing groups, individuals often self-censor based on a desire to avoid becoming ostracized and marginalized. As a result, a fallacy develops within the team. Each member erroneously believes the other team members unanimously support a decision or course of action, making it harder to present dissenting opinions. If alternative options were previously examined and dismissed, they are rarely reconsidered based on new information or changes in the decision environment. 
To avoid groupthink, airmen must be aware of the below symptoms of groupthink. The group has a feeling of being invulnerable. It cannot fail. Inherent belief that the group is better than rivals. Cultural egocentric thought. Stereotyping. Rationalization a way of disconfirming data and warning signs. The group has a feeling of being unanimous in support for particular views. Majority pressuring those with dissenting views. Group members self-censor rather than challenge majority perspective to avoid becoming ostracized or marginalized. Groupthink conclusion. For some decision events, outside consultation may be the only way to avoid groupthink. In other cases, airmen can work to minimize structural barriers to candid dialogue and reduce groupthink tendencies within their organization. Reduce structural complexity and the information filtering that occurs because of internal organizational barrier and interest groups. Defining roles within decision-making teams, giving responsibilities to members for aspects of the analysis process, and holding them accountable for representing these perspectives within the group. Reducing homogeneity of team composition to bring in alternative perspectives. Reduce status difference and rating chain conflicts between team members that might squelch candid dialogue. Invite disagreement during the analysis process. A failure to do so will squelch candid dialogue. Debate and conflict. Disagreement between participants in any decision process is necessary to stimulate inquiry and analysis. The challenge for leaders in any decision process is to create constructive conflict while retaining the teamwork and relationships necessary for future decision events. In the decision-making process, debate focused on the issues and ideas at hand, cognitive conflict, is constructive. On the other hand, emotional and personal outbursts, affective conflict, are not. A key aspect of managing the decision process is to stimulate cognitive conflict to advocate positions and analysis, debating concepts, but not attacking the person representing them. Airmen in leadership positions should clearly establish ground rules for interaction during deliberations and require participants to respect each other's cognitive and analytical styles. Critical Thinking in Groups Conclusion Decision makers must ensure they are not structuring their decision process to minimize conflict at the expense of critical thinking. Leaders set the example by identifying and articulating the mental models they apply, encouraging others to challenge these models, avoiding prematurely selecting courses of action before debate is finished, and encouraging others to make mistakes. In other words, professional debate is constructive. Unprofessional personalization of debate is not. Without adhering to the levels of professionalism expected of airmen, we squelch the critical thinking necessary to innovate and ensure good decision-making. Some techniques include assigning members to act as adversaries and or to advocate multiple scenarios address the problem. These techniques give participants the responsibility to provide contrary perspectives and use varying lenses for information analysis. Dissenters must be encouraged to try to persuade other team members, not senior leadership. This practice stimulates debate and forces critical thinking. 
However, if employed, senior leaders must guard against the temptation to domesticate dissenters, using them as token devil's advocates. Section 23D, Critical Thinking and Organizational Culture. The Inability to Decide. Many leaders and organizations are plagued by chronic and persistent indecision. Indecision resulting from dysfunctional patterns of behavior manifests itself as one of three harmful organizational cultures. One, culture of no. Two, culture of yes. And three, culture of maybe. Culture of no. Organizations with a culture of no have established a decision process where lone dissenters are able to issue non-concurs within the planning process, effectively blocking overall organizational goals because they conflict with internal suborganizational interests. This culture can arise in organizations where decision meetings focus on dissections of proposals instead of true debate and analysis. Leaders who reward subordinates based on their ability to dissect others' ideas without providing alternative courses of action enable and promote a culture of no. Do not forget the importance of being able to differentiate between the use of a devil's advocate and the culture of no. In a culture of no, dissenters are trying to tear down or block proposals and ideas, not critique a proposal with the intent of strengthening it. Culture of Yes Within a culture of yes, dissenters tend to stay silent. This silence becomes a tacit endorsement of the proposal without the benefit of analysis and debate. In this form of organizational culture, once a decision is made, subordinates later express disagreement to distance themselves from a decision or work to overturn or undermine the implementation of the plan. Airmen operating in this type of culture must understand that silence does not mean assent and watch for those not contributing to the discussion. This type of culture can develop when leadership devalues critical analysis. Overcoming this cultural tendency requires leadership to create constructive conflict within the decision process to surface and analyze concerns and alternative interpretations of evidence. Culture of Maybe under the culture of maybe, decision-makers work to gather as much information as possible, so much so they become trapped in analysis paralysis. Under analysis paralysis, decision-makers constantly delay action because they think more information and analysis will clarify their choice. This culture tends to develop in organizations facing highly ambiguous situations or in organizations where competing sections, leaders practice conflict avoidances as opposed to open analysis and debate. In these organizations, decision makers must balance the benefit of gaining more information against the diminishing returns they provide as opposed to initiating action. While leaders are seldom able to accurately calculate the cost versus benefit of waiting for additional clarity, intuitive judgment serves as a cutoff for unnecessary delay. Procedural justice. The process by which a decision is made significantly influences implementation and follow-through of the solution. The key aspect to outcome of a critical decision is consensus among the team responsible for enactment. Consensus does not mean unanimity. Rather, consensus is a commitment to and shared understanding of the desired outcome. 
Sections above discuss the need for debate and conflict in applying true critical thinking to decisions and the challenge of keeping the debate constructive. Airmen must also work to make sure the process is fair and legitimate. Even when participants agree with the chosen course of action, if they do not see the process as legitimate, they are often disenchanted with the outcome. Procedural fairness provides support to decision-makers, especially when they are making unpopular decisions. Fair processes help build consensus. More importantly, they aid implementation because participants feel that all perspectives have been considered and analyzed. If decision-makers are subjective in their analysis, participants lose faith in the decision process, making it difficult to support the outcome. Providing participants with time and venues to air positions and a transparent system of weighing different perspectives is important. In essence, fair process means that the decision-maker demonstrates genuine consideration of alternatives. This does not mean debate continues endlessly. When final decisions are made, the fairness of the process is what allows airmen arguing for various positions to rally around the designated way ahead with confidence that the decision-maker considered all aspects before making the decision on which course of action to pursue. Procedural legitimacy in decision-making occurs when the decision process is perceived to be in line with an organization's socially accepted norms and desired behavior. Airmen in leadership positions must avoid artificially limiting debate and analysis of information. In order to create an organizational culture of decision legitimacy, leaders can do the following. Provide a process roadmap at the beginning of the decision process. Reinforce and demonstrate an open mindset. Engage in active listening and make sure others do too. Separate advocacy from analysis. Explain the decision rationale once made. Express appreciation for everyone's participation and how alternative inputs contributed to the process. Normal accidents and normalizing deviance. Within the United States Air Force, like any other organization, decisions made in highly complex, tightly integrated environments often have unanticipated consequence. If airmen are unaware of or have failed to think through decisions, catastrophic failure can be the result. With the understanding of the role all airmen play in using the habits of mind for critical thinking provided above, the following sections examine two perspectives on decision-making failure. One structural, the other behavioral. Normal accident theory, normalized deviance. Normal accident theory. This theory rests upon the assumption that in any highly complex, high-risk organizational structure, decision failures are unavoidable. High-risk systems are systems classified by their complexity and the coupling of multiple processes occurring in conjunction with one another. Systems that are interactively complex and tightly coupled are particularly vulnerable to catastrophic failure stemming from mistakes made by decision-makers often small mistakes, which go unrecognized or uncorrected and increasingly skew outcomes as they work their way through the system. In coupled systems, tight interactions based on poor decisions can magnify normal accidents into system-wide failure. 
In simple linear processes such as an assembly line, failure has a visible impact on the next process but is identifiable and limited. When interactions are nonlinear and affect a variety of other systems, the failure of one component has unanticipated effects on many subsystems. If the subsystems are tightly coupled, highly interdependent, a failure quickly causes changes in multiple systems nearly simultaneously, making it hard for leaders to diagnose the symptoms and see the extent of the developing failure. Because airmen project power globally, anticipation of the impact even minor deviations from procedure or instruction can have is extremely challenging. This is the reason we stress adherence to standard operating procedures, and airmen must apply the habits of critical thinking before deviation from our normal operations. Others are counting on our predictability to do their job safely as we work together to advance United States security interests. Normalizing Deviance This is the gradual acceptance of unexpected events and risk as a normal part of the operating environment. Eventually, the deviations are accepted as a normal occurrence and no longer assessed using the habits of mind necessary to identify causes and find solutions. As organizational members become accustomed to the reoccurrence of seemingly minor but unpredicted anomalies in a system, they become less concerned with the potential catastrophic effect of more severe failures of the same systems. The classic case is the Challenger Space Shuttle disaster. In this case, the erosion of O-rings was not within acceptable tolerances. However, after its occurrence, several times with no catastrophic result, the members of the organization accepted their erosion as a normal and acceptable event, despite deviation from their engineering standards. In this case, National Aeronautics and Space Administration, as an organization, was working hard to make spaceflight feel routine. The organization's culture, combined with cognitive bias and external pressures to make spaceflight routine, led to the normalization of a potentially catastrophic failure. Normalization of deviance is the gradual acceptance of lower standards of performance. This practice produces shortcuts in the way organizations act. These variations then become normal procedures, normalized to the point where the deviance is no longer even noticed. As airmen, we should not accept this practice. We guard against this by continuously questioning the way we do business and digging into any failure to meet the standards we set for performance. Airmen must be aware of the type of organization they operate within and understand its complex interactions. They must consciously identify the close calls and deviances from normal operations. All airmen must ensure deviations from standards are analyzed as part of the decision-making process to gain an understanding of how to improve programs and implement new decisions. Practical Drift and Ambiguity Practical Drift Within large organizations, subunit leaders at all levels make decisions to maximize efficiency. They establish localized rules and procedures that comply with the overall intent of the organization. Over time, these procedures become accepted practice. Similar to normalizing deviance discussed above, this practice causes organizational norms to drift. 
Often, this drift is unproblematic. However, under ambiguous conditions in complex interactive environments, divergence may lead to altered expectations and poor information flow, resulting in catastrophic cross-system failure. For example, Black Hawk shot down. Airmen must be aware of how their decisions at the local level tie in with overall organizational goals, standards, and expectations. Leaders must use their awareness of organizational goals and standards to monitor practical drift in their areas of responsibility, recognizing disciplined initiative while maintaining standards consistent with outside expectations. This task becomes difficult when many subunits work together. Communications breakdowns across large organizations often cause a loss of perspective on how practical drift may be creating problems with follow-on unforeseen consequences. The challenge for airmen of all ranks is that ambiguous threats do not trigger organizational responses. The failure to apply critical thinking to ambiguous threats means that the recovery window between emergence of the threat and its occurrence as a catastrophic failure may narrow. National Aeronautics and Space Administration's organizational culture caused leaders to downplay O-ring failure, moving it from a critical to an ambiguous threat. Airmen at all levels must be aware that ambiguous threats may go unaddressed due to information filters caused by structural complexity and interorganization power dynamics. Airmen in positions of responsibility must work to temper practical drift and create a culture where critical thinking is applied to ambiguous threats. This goal can be accomplished by developing processes for identifying and analyzing small problems and failures, treating them as potential indicators of larger problems. Effective techniques include empowerment of frontline troops workers and flattening hierarchies to reduce information filtering. To further minimize the problems associated with practical drift, leaders can also Create and encourage transparency in organizational structures and systems to identify local practical drift and understand the why behind the local standards. Avoid band-aid approaches to small problems. Fix the root cause across the system. Create a climate of candid dialogue where you review and revisit standards and seek problems. Monitor seams where information is handed off between units and organizations. Conduct careful after-action reviews focused on process improvement. Conclusion Airmen at all levels participate in decision-making daily. The habits of mind necessary to assure we apply critical thought are something we must consciously foster. Our diverse and highly educated force brings to the table a wide variety of views, experiences, and abilities, providing the United States Air Force with a deep pool of talent to draw ideas from. By using the techniques of good decision-making and fostering the development of habits of mind in our airmen, we tap into that rich pool of talent. When time allows, we must consciously create processes to think through decisions using critical analysis of all factors, ensuring we focus on doing what is best for the nation and the Air Force. This effort to create habits of mind pays off when we must make decisions quickly and under great pressure.
During these times, we naturally fall back on the decision-making processes we use every day. In order to create these good habits of mind, airmen in leadership positions at all levels, from the back shop to the air staff, must create an environment where airmen are free to exercise critical thought. We must guard against organizational cultures and leadership styles designed to simply arrive at a decision and quickly move on. Organizations and leaders focused on the decision, not the decision-making process, tend to stifle critical analysis of issues and prevent development of good habits of mind, ultimately causing poor decision-making and negatively affecting the United States Air Force, the Department of Defense, and our nation.